Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. Hello, hello. We are back after a week off. So look who's back. It's us. And well, we'll be talking more about that. How, how was your week and your birthday weekend now that you're older than me? I know. So yeah, we did skip last week because um, I was traveling for my birthday and went to the American Century Championship or Classic. I don't know. It's a celebrity golf tournament in Lake Tahoe. And we had such a great time. My friend Renee and then my daughter met us there. And the main thing was, you know, you, the, it, the celebrities interact with you. And so I really wanted my daughter to, to get all the people that she you know, wanted to have photos with. And last year, Miles Teller of Top Gun fame and a whole bunch of other stuff did a video for her, um, wishing her luck on her first day of work after college. And so this year we made sure to get um, a picture of the two of them together. And then, yeah, it was crazy. Steph Curry, insane to watch him in game mode. So he was in the final group. He ended up winning and watching him because we were right there right on the tee box and game face like i've never seen anything so intense <laughs> like it was it was insane but it was a lot of fun um got a picture with josh allen he would you know he's one of those big stars that doesn't necessarily come close but he posed for a selfie so i was like basically i think i'm best friends with daniel ricardo now because <laughs> <laughs> Josh is the quarterback for the Buffalo Bills, which is Daniel Ricardo's favorite team. So I'm like, I, it's like one degree. What is that Kevin Bacon game? Like six, one six degree. Kevin Bacon, yeah. So Except I'm just one degree because I met Josh Allen. So <laughs> I guess but I should have yeah, done, really like, done a proper welcome back to She Loves the Grid and, and all of that. But I was just oh, so no, excited. It's all, good. it's all good. Yeah, I just uh, – what, I came back late Monday and then Tuesday it was, yeah, it was just kind of a crazy week. So we're like, well, we'll just skip it, but we're back. We're back. So look yeah. who's back. How was your week though? You had a fun day yesterday. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. I went to the, my first pride uh, festival to go to, and it was here in Berlin, which was amazing. Um, I, uh, I'm going to post a video of all the photos here soon. I, I've got them all compiled together. It was amazing. Just the, the love and the community and, it was amazing. So I didn't realize that the fest, the celebrations go through International Pride Month, which is June, and then all through July here in, in Berlin. So it was just, That's cool. it was amazing. Just the feeling, and my dog had a blast, and, Yay. you know, everyone loved her. She gained three or four followers yesterday on Instagram, so. <laughs> That's amazing. She you is know. beautiful. Yeah, you know, she's 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 a cutie, but uh, it was so much fun. So that was that was neat. So yeah, it was good. And then um, I start my German class tomorrow, so I'm gonna get studied up for that. So tomorrow's Monday because we record on Sunday, and you know, anyway. Yeah, no, that's exciting. I can't wait to hear how that goes. Like she's for, fully gonna immerse herself in the German language, and yes, yes, because my big news is last week my employment visa was finally finalized. Yay. So. Yay, yay, yay. So I'm, I finally started my job here in Germany, my real life job versus this fun thing that we do. So yes, <laughs> that's very exciting. You had a lot going on and that took way longer than you ever expected that visa to, to take. So at least it's done. 
and now you guys can really get immersed in in German. Yes, I'm legal. <laughs> I'm a legal immigrant now. <laughs> we have a lot. We have a lot. Oh to talk my gosh, about. we do because it finally happened last week. We didn't get a, again. We didn't tape um, the podcast last week, so they got rid of Nick. Daniel was is in at AlphaTauri, and last week when it was announced, it was effective immediately. So of course, Daniel raced this weekend uh, for AlphaTauri, but it was so interesting. Like we've had, especially I guess I've had opinions about Nick and how the pressure on him to perform and um, just, I just did not think it was, I didn't like it. <laughs> I think rookies should have more time to prove themselves, at least give them half a season. He, he wasn't even yeah. close to half a season. And it's interesting you compare that with, I was just looking at Logan's argument today. It's like, once again, once again, he's out. Like, and, and I was like, oh, he's not going to, he's not going to finish last. He's not going to fit. And never mind. Yeah, I know. And, and that's one thing that people are saying is now that Nick is out, there's going to be more pressure on Logan to perform because he's still, I think the only driver with zero points and mm -hmm. he does tend to, you know, finish towards the bottom or start towards the bottom. So I think that there will be a lot more uh, pressure put on him. Um, I know you and I were very curious if Nick would be erased from the starting um, video with the cars. We know, we knew for sure, like, obviously they're not going to have his, just his face. They moved, they had Daniel film that, but Nick is still in the very beginning with all of the cars. <laughs> You can just barely see him above the Alpine guys. So I think that's going to be around for a while. Um, Nick was seen having lunch with Toto in Monaco last week. So there was, of course, starts all the, the tongues wagging, like what's happening there. Is Toto just collecting drivers that are released? Because obviously Mick Schumacher <laughs> became their reserve driver um, this year. So just kind of curious. But Nick finally spoke out this week and he, he said he's going to stay away from social media for a while, but he, he said like, it hurts that, you know, his F1 dream um, ended prematurely. So I just, I mean, I can't imagine the pressure on that poor guy, like, and for it to be so public and then to be replaced by Daniel Ricardo, who everybody loves and everybody yeah. wants to see on the grid. So I know for me, I felt so conflicted because I was excited for Danny, but I felt horrible for Nick. Yeah, absolutely. And and then I think it would have been different and we'll get to the race if, if Danny had come out and had like this amazing, you know, showing today, but it was kind of meh, you know, I mean, he's also driving the Alcatari and there's a lot to say for that, but, yeah. but you know, yeah. and again, I, I think it started out this year with just that bold, bold statement Nick started last year. Right. And I, I think that just kind of set him up. In, in an odd situation and, and you, you've got to have those cojones, right? You've got to have that confidence and whatnot, because these are the best drivers in the world, right? I get that. And you need that confidence. Um, I don't know, maybe that uh, if it was dealt with a little ounce of humbleness, but I don't know. Strikes me as a very humble person. He does. Like he does. I don't know. Like even for the Netflix show probably was making yeah. it a little more, you know, sensationalized too, just yeah. to 
get it out there, right? So it's just I don't know. I, I don't know why that is, but again, will the um I think for Williams they're not as aggressive either. And yeah. is yeah. is I'm sorry, Red Bull, yeah. the whole Red Bull family is. Red Bull and Chatty Cathy, Helmet Marco, um, are very aggressive. This isn't the first driver that they've you know, ditched. Albon was there. Gasly was there. You know, there's, they have kind of a list. Um, so I just think again, in how harsh they are, this all came about. And I think Christian Horner, um, confirmed this because the rumor initially was Daniel was doing testing at Silverstone and by lap 12 helmet had picked up the phone, made the decision, got rid of Nick and put, um, Daniel in. And, I mean, it just happened that quickly because they said his times, now granted, he was driving a Red Bull in testing. He was not driving an Alvatari, but the times that he was was putting up would have put him on the front row for Silverstone last week. Um, so Horner pretty much said, yeah, like, you know, I don't, I don't know. There, there, there's a lot of talk also now that the pressure's on Checo, which we know Checo has, I mean, this week he finally got into Q3, but it's, it's mixed. Christian Horner said in his statement, Daniel is on loan. Loan was the key word to me in that sentence to Alfretari, um, which made me think, okay, is that a message to Checo? Like Daniel's on loan. So Checo heads up, you know, we plan to bring Daniel back in 2025. Then Christian did say Daniel's plan is to be back in 2025. So I, I think it is a bit of a message. And if I were um, Checo, I'd probably be shaking in my boots. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I think, I think he has everything he has to do to prove, you know, and you could tell the exasperation and we'll get to that, but you could tell the exasperation in FP1 and his voice when he had his, like, just right at the beginning, like he, he could not believe it. And he, and it was driver error and he just yeah. he can't, but then, you know, the race today, he really pushed hard. So, yeah, absolutely crazy. Well, AlphaTauri did have an upgrade this week. Um, I don't really know what it was. It didn't <laughs> it didn't make really any waves, but but they did have that. Um, on a lighter note, Williams uh, announced that their livery, the golf livery that I've been so excited about, um, it's the bold, better than bold or bolder than bold is the golf livery that they'll be running. And they're going to do it in Singapore, Japan, and Qatar. So they're oh. actually going to run it for three races. So I'm sure they are. There was a lot of, there was a little talk among the commentators about was this really their 800th because there was one race that they didn't really start in, way in, back in the day. Then, so I, maybe it was the American is... Grand Prix they were talking about. And I yeah. think it was a long time ago, like for some reason, both cars didn't start or both cars didn't finish or, you know, whatever Something. it was. But now we're and just, so, I mean, it's 800. Like, let's like, give come it on. To them. We're splitting here. We're splitting <laughs> here. Let's give it to them. But they did say um, earlier this week, they did not think Hungary would be the track for this car. And I think they were kind of right on that after yeah. You know, in hindsight, um, Haas is finally talking about bringing some upgrades after the summer break. So oh, I nice. think it could be cool because, again, we saw this this week, um, Hulkenberg, I mean, he finished 10th in or it was 10th on the starting grid. 
but he still was up there. He he's outperforming K Mag by a lot, but yeah. definitely they have that one lap pace. So if they can find in their upgrades where they can extend that more than just one lap or more than just 10 or 15 laps, how cool would that be to see like Haas kind of in that mix, maybe not up there with like the McLarens now and the Red Bulls, but maybe more in the mix with like the Ferraris and the Mercedes. Like if they could figure that out, that would be pretty damn cool. Yeah, absolutely. Cause he, he finished uh, 14th. So yeah. So he went down, he started 10th. Where did K-Mag finish today? K-Mag uh, finished 17th. He was last because all the rest of the other three were DNFs. Oh, okay. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> like, <laughs> the rest were DNFs. And Sergio was ahead of him until he had that, that tire issue and right there at the very end. Yeah. Oh, dang it. Well, we'll see what happens after the summer break. I don't know. We've got a little bit of time. Um, but the other thing I thought was kind of interesting, and I know, I feel like this is up your alley too, is the cost cap. So there's yes. rumors that there's three teams that reached the cost cap last year. And the rumors are it's Aston Martin, which honestly, seeing how their car has, well, had catapulted, you know, towards the top, it wouldn't surprise me if they were one. Alpine, which where did the money go if you're Alpine? <laughs> like, exactly. Like they're not doing great. Um, and the third is rumored to either be Red Bull or Mercedes, although there's a German um outlet, news outlet that's saying it's most likely Mercedes. So interesting. I would have guessed Red Bull. I would guess Red Bull too, honestly. And I, I would have guessed it was Red Bull and Mercedes and Aston Martin. Those are the three I would have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed Alpine at all because of no. like what are you I mean, doing? They've got so many issues and, and yeah, I just wouldn't have guessed it was them. I would too. But what I also think is interesting is last time we had Red Bull with the fine, right? They had a fine that they had to pay. And supposedly the, um, Stefano, the president said that there should be a sporting penalty, not a financial one. So it just makes me wonder, like, what do they have in mind? So if you have... If they do that, are they going to go back into a sporting penalty back on Red Bull then? No, that's just moving forward. They've already fined Red Bull. Like, they're not going to give the money back. So, but moving forward, I think because people were so upset that all they got was a fine and it's Red Bull, like, they can just pay the fine and be done with it. And a lot of people did not think that was fair. So, I think that was why he had said, well, then we should go more to a sporting penalty. So maybe it's a little bit more fair than just not getting wind tunnel time when you're already a top team or, you know, you're just paying money, but now that they're going to invite some other teams in the booty. Yeah. Then they'll do a sporting penalty and all the ones that, and then just run. Yeah. But it's just, I I get it. It it just, it's just going to make it an unfair situation for the ones against the the team that's still far ahead that yeah. then didn't get the sporting penalty right so they yeah. still end up ahead yeah ah. <laughs> they still end up ahead well let's talk about practice really quick because i don't think there was a like a whole ton we'll skip practice. over your fun facts we had in our notes, oh, I fun think facts. oh fun facts so these are these were i was going to share last week but there's only three drivers to score points in every race this season and I know for sure these three did today. I don't know yeah. if anybody else joined that group, but uh, so Max, Lewis, and Fernando. 
which I think is pretty cool. Like they kept it going today. So Max will keep I think it. that is cool. That is cool. I mean, that, and um, I think it's interesting too, because I was, you know, because of you, I joined a couple of the fan groups on Facebook, Facebook which are hysterical to see some of these people fight because somebody posted a crowning Max as the king and look at all these stats for him. And people are like, wait a minute, you know, no one's better. It's like, uh, Lewis has way more championships, way more points, way more all of this. Way more points. They're good in their own rights, people. Like, give people due for what they've done. And, yeah, this is a, that's a pretty cool stat. That it's Max and Fernando, who's a longtime champion himself, you know. Right. I mean, they're all world champions, and and they've all, well, Max not as long, obviously, Fernando, then Lewis, then Max, as far as how much time they've spent in the sport. But I just love to see, like, those three names. Just keep it up. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. All right, into into practice. So that that again, like I was talking about, started hinting at the beginning. Started out like, okay, how's practice going to be? And then oh, check out. I, I I just started a work meeting too, and I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this and work at the same time. But it's like, oh, oh red flag. <laughs> yeah. Poor Checo. Checo. I mean, was that his first lap? I, uh, no, it was his first flying lap. He already done. He'd already done one lap, so it was his first flyer. Okay. And um, because right. I rewatched it today, and that, that's what we're saying. And it was so interesting though to hear commentators first be like, "Oh, maybe it was something with the car." And it's like, no, it was driver error. <laughs> he hit the grass, like, and you had said what before we got on, like, just hearing his how upset he was, like his voice, just damn it, you know, <laughs> like once again. And and those were brand new side pods, so he had, to replace, he had to replace the power unit, I believe. Um, the side pods, I can't remember if it was the brake ducts also, um, but the brake ducts were new on their car. But I mean, and we've talked before how bad we would be if we were, we were pit crew people because you see I'm, that, and it's like, oh, I was just talking cool. to my partner about that. Like, I took my car and. Um, I remember hitting a one of those those construction barrels that are orange and have the the electric tape, right? The, the, the reflective tape, but it was on its side with the butt facing the bottom, so you couldn't see any reflection oh. until I got on it. And I went to swerve. It was in a dark Florida highway, or off like off road, not even a highway. And I went to swerve, and I was like, "Oh, that's a ditch. If I swerve, I'm going to flip, and I'm going to hurt everybody in my car." So I came back onto the road, and so I hit it. And, you know, it caused my front fender to get scratched up and it cracked it and it cracked the wheel well. And it was my nice car. I was like, okay, I'm going to take it in for, for repairs. It's just body work. But they kept my car a week, right? It was a week for them to replace the fender. I mean, they had to paint it and everything and order it. Of course, there's ordering and whatnot. But still, the time they showed for them to put it up on the rack and replace it and all that. And I'm thinking, how quickly... These guys, I know it's not the same comparison, but still just think about how much work yeah. they were playing with suspension and brakes and the gearbox and and the wing and all this, sometimes within a few hours or at least overnight to get them back in the race in a high-performing car that's going to yeah. be driving up to 200 miles an hour, some, in some cases, 180, 190, taking yeah. these Jeep horses nonstop for 70 laps, like, that's that's incredible what these 
the, the pit crews and the, the engineering and the mechanic, it's just, it's phenomenal. So there's like it's, hats off to what that crew has to do. It's, it's amazing. amazing what they do. And they got him back out at the end of FP2. So, I mean, it's all shocking. of that. Now, definitely a very expensive, you know, error, driver error. But to get him back out there so he could get some more time so they could get some data out of that is incredible. <laughs> Like how they did that, I have no idea. Piastri in Q2 was, or FQ2, FP2, his car was also up on the jacks for a while and he got out at the very end, but he had, he must have done something with his floor and I just missed it. They were replacing his floor. Yeah, I missed it too and I rewatched this morning and I don't, I don't remember that. Um, I'm so I'm lucky. It's lucky that Carlos didn't have anything because you know we saw that he beached himself. But um, but oh the track God. had got so wet during FP1 with the heavy rain and everything. Yeah. So, um, yeah. That's true. I wonder. I wonder if they had if he had any issues because we saw we talked about how if the rain that the McLaren pits had got all that extra water in it, right? And oh, that's so right. Yeah. They ran into any issues. Yeah, I don't recall them. What happened? Yeah. No, he was up. He was up on jacks for. Well, I call it Jax. I don't know. Hydraulic. I'm sure they have something fancy. But anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, so he was. But I mean, practice was just practice. Like you could tell, you know, the board was all crazy. I never try to pay too much attention to that because, again, we never know who's doing what. There was a lot of uh, cars supposedly running with high fuel loads. And so it just is what it is. But qualifying. Well, they did say, before we get to qualifying, they did say that that they were a little uh, red bull is probably you know jones in a little bit because you know they didn't get as much data out of the cars because of checo's issue right so that yeah. was that um but yeah it's like you and i were talking about like it's a little bummer for us as fans because you don't get to see as much during practice but at the same time they don't want to reveal their hands yeah. in practice too about what all they could be doing once you get into qualifying. So it's, it's, yeah. it's just, it's like a misnomer, man. When you're watching it, the only thing they did say about FP3, cause I was, you know, again, I kind of watched this morning. There was so much rain overnight that it was like a whole new track, you know? Yeah, that's yeah. true. Cause it poured, I guess it poured. Absolutely. Yeah. Poured. <laughs> so even the rubber that was from the other races and, and, and Porsche and whatnot, they said was not even going to be enough. So it was like a whole new track. So it would be completely different data that they were getting during FP3. Anyway, yeah. Qualifying. yeah. Well, for qualifying, so this go round, they're trying something new. They were going to do this in Imola, but obviously Imola um, was flooded and we couldn't do it. So to me, it was just like a sprint qualifying, right? Or sprint, the shootout qualifying, um, where the teams and the drivers were required to use a, a certain tire compound in each qualifying. So Q1, they use hards. Q2, they used mediums, and Q3s, you could use your softs. And they had to be really mindful about managing the tires because they went from the 13 that they usually get to 11. So apparently the teams were not really thrilled about this. Um, and that was one thing that they were really doing in testing, as you saw, or testing in um, practice, was they were trying the hards, the mediums, the softs. They had to really get data um, for all of that because they needed to know what do we have to do um, for these. So in Q1, I thought, oh gosh, here we go again. Bunch of lap times deleted. 
<laughs> like, please do not let this be another race where it's just like, blah, blah, blah. Um, but we had out in that one was Sergeant Albon, Magnuson, Russell, and then Yuki. And Russell and Toto, well, Toto especially, furious, absolutely furious. He was pounding his hand, not happy, but they got caught out kind of doing what drives Claire nuts. Yeah. Don't wait till the end. Like it just, and it, it kills me when they wait till just some of them take two minutes, two minutes, you know, it's over a minute to get around the track. Somebody could impede you. So and it doesn't matter that they got a penalty. You, you didn't get your track time. Like you just go out at least three minutes, go out at least three minutes, give you, give yourself at least twice, like, or, or go out four so you can get, oh, it's, I know it drives you nuts, but the whole track evolution and everything out, like you want that very last one, but you're spot on. Like, that's what Russell said is we just got caught out. They got impeded as this is what drives me nuts is everybody backing up on that last, you know, final turn so they can gear up and, and get a running start. And I think it was Alpine. I don't know if it was Gasly or Ocon just went right past Russell. And so that caught him out a little bit. And somebody else um, did the same thing. They just, they lost precious time. And I think what we were really seeing with having everybody on the same tire is the times were so close. Like everybody was so close. So when you get caught out like that, you're just, you're screwed because you need every 10th of a second to get to get through so but he was out well it's one of those things it's it's to me if they if they keep doing something like this it might have to change the the team strategies where instead of waiting to the last thing you're just gonna have to go out and push it hard all through quality like you're gonna have to go out and try harder earlier on yeah and then if your time gets beat then you're just gonna have to try again but like other than that you're talking about tire management with them having fewer tires it's just it's tough it's, it's tough. It's, it's very tough. And again, like you could set a great time, but you know, we've seen that. And then mm -hmm. the next time you look, they're way down the board because that track evolution just keeps getting faster yeah. and faster and faster. It's like, you do almost just have to just be out there and, and just be flying lap, flying lap, flying lap. Um, in Q2, I feel like there was also some people that we weren't expecting um, to go out. So Stroll, Ricardo, which I mean, good for Danny making it to Q2. So just especially his first time out in the Alphatari is, you know. Yeah. But he's also new to that car. He's just learning it. Yeah. It's not like he got a lot of time to practice yeah. with it. But something I was thinking about today, I was talking to my partner about like every other driver on this grid spent their first week out you know, or more on the practice track getting yeah. to practice on the car and getting used to the car. And then their first week racing, they had had time in that car. They'd been in the car for a while, practicing it, tweaking it yeah. to them and then getting used to it. Danny hasn't had that. Like he hasn't had that much time in the car to actually yeah. feel the car and get into the, you know, what it's in then. <laughs> It's like it's like a practice round for him too. Yeah. This is almost like practice for him. I'm yeah. interested in what he does next week because now he's yeah. had it a week to really get into it and take it at full speed, get it out there with other drivers. 
I'll give him this week. Next week, he's, this is when I want to see him start to really push it, perform because Ooh, you know. Is again, like, then it's still an Atari, though. It's still an Atari. It's still an Atari. The other thing that really jumped out to me was not only is he just getting used to the car under you know actual competitive conditions, but he has to also get used to his engineer. This is a That's new engineer for him. Um, and th what stood out to me, and I, I don't remember if it was in practice or it must have been practice, but the engineer said, um, you know, there's rain coming. And Daniel had a list of questions like, when? Like, what corner is it going to be bad on? What do I need to look out for? And, and so just figuring out how they communicate, the engineer needs to know, okay, when I tell Daniel there's rain, these are the questions that I also need to provide him you know, the answers to, so he doesn't have to ask me. And so they're going to have to really work together and it's going to take a second just for that part of it. We know how much the engineers are kind of in their ears. So it's not just the car, it's like the communication and, and building up that trust and confidence yeah. in, in each other. So I think that's going to be interesting, but I was happy that he did make it into Q2. Um, Ocon was out, Gasly was out, and Signs was out by two thousands of a second. Could not believe it. Like what in the world? Um, but Norris at the top. That's insane. That was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Amazing. And Charles was in the bottom. Both Ferraris were were driving me nuts. Um, and he Why jumped out like, like McLaren. What's that? Why are they making me like McLaren? <laughs> kind of liked McLaren because I like Lando. Um, so I like the drivers. What's that? I like the drivers. Yes. <laughs> I don't like Zach Brown, but well, um, that's the thing. <laughs> I do like McLaren, but they were so bad at the beginning of the year. You just thought like, well, they're out. But I mean, I think they need the award for, we should have like a, a pre first half of the season award ceremony because most improved hands down <laughs> like oh, totally. most improved come back kids, come back, kids. like oh yeah. my god it, insane and then you had both alfa romeos into q3 their best best qualifying since 2012 11 years that's amazing like, isn't that 11 insane? years like and i don't even think they had more upgrades this week i think it was just last week so maybe silverstone wasn't great for their upgrades but like and we'll talk about how they finished but holy moly um and then checo obviously getting through to q3 for the first time since miami so yay golf claps <laughs> golf claps um and then we went to q3 on the softs and everybody was getting purple sectors. Every time they showed a driver, it was like, they have a purple. They have a purple in the middle. Like, it was crazy. Insane. Charles, I don't know what's happening with my Ferraris. He did not look good at all. But Lewis Hamilton, amazing. I didn't even think they'd get out of Q1. That was iffy. For, I think for both of them, because I think he was kind of down there and then he jumped up, if I'm not mistaken, yeah, he and did. To be the last car that comes across in, in Q3 and he gets it by 0 0.003. Just what? like by a hair. It was amazing. If you, I, did you see I, the I would love to have seen Max's face at that point. Oh, 
I would love to have heard his radio, but I don't know if you saw the pictures, but there was like, like here's, here's Max or Lewis's car. And like Max's car is like, I don't know how to do this. So you can see it. Like, it's just like right there. It was minuscule, minuscule, like what that was. And he cried. That's so sweet. I was crying. No, too. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it, Again, I would have loved to have hear, heard Max, yeah, heard his radio and seen his face under that that uh, helmet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he wasn't happy. But I, the other thing I thought was really cool is that this was Lewis's ninth pull at the Hungaro ring. Um, and so I think that's pretty cool. He broke a record with that. Like just more pulls than anybody at one particular circuit. Yay, Lewis. Amazing. That's and, awesome. He's doing all the records and everything they keep talking about for Max. Okay, well, there's your, there's one for you. There's another one for you. And it was Lewis's first poll since 2021. So he's had a rough stretch. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm happy for him. But, and I posted this on our social media this morning because I kept thinking about it. But when you looked at the top 10 on the starting grid, okay, I just feel like it's not getting talked about enough. You had seven different teams in the top 10. That's pretty darn cool. And that right there made me think like the cars are fairly competitive to each other, but also maybe this hard, medium, soft qualifying is really a good thing because it did yep. kind of shake up the grid. So seven different teams in the top 10, I thought was pretty cool. Joe and Botas, fifth and seventh. Um, Lewis was on pole. And you only had one Mercedes, one Ferrari, and one Aston Martin in the top 10. So it's not, it wasn't just your usual suspects. Like it was a good mix of a lot of people on the grid. You had a Haas in there at 10th. Um, again, the Alfa Romeos were in there, both McLarens. Um, so I just feel like that's not getting talked about enough. <laughs> and I kind of wonder if they're going to move forward with this. So they're going to test this qualifying format again in Monza after the break. So I think after that, the principals will sit down and they'll kind of decide like, do we want to keep doing that? And I'm sure the FIA will probably have the final say. Um, but if it turns out this this way, like in Monza, I say, keep it. I love yeah. it. Let's mix it up. Uh, that was, I thought it was cool. Yeah. And just to note the, in the NQ2, you had um, Alpine and um, Haas. So that would have been teams eight and nine. Yeah. And so the only one that didn't make it out of Q3 was Williams. Yeah. Poor Williams. Especially after yeah. last week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Or Silverstone, not last week. Um, Yeah, they knew it was not going to be their race. That's just a real bummer because you, you need your car to be good at, or at least decent, at all the tracks. Not just, you know, tracks where, like Silverstone. Um. But this race today, wow, that's all I can say. The start, amazing. it was, yeah, the, the start was amazing. The, the amount of movement that happened, and uh, it was, was crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, first, the, the having both Alpines out right there at the beginning was crazy. I missed it, I totally missed what oh. happened. And I could see the dirt flying, but they were focusing on the front, which I get it. Like a lot was happening at the front. So when they went back and showed it, it was so sad. So Joe went from fifth to like 16th almost immediately. 
And we didn't get a chance to watch the press conference afterwards because I really want to hear what happened. I don't know if his car stalled or whatever. It was like the light turned green or the lights went out and like he just sat there. And so the other cars had to go up around him. And so that's what like Gasly was trying to go up this way and um, he just couldn't do it. So he bumped into Daniel once he got his car going. He bumped into Daniel. Daniel bumped into one of the Alpines. I think it was Ocon. Ocon flew like his car was up, hit Gasly, and then they both ended up out. And then Joe got a five-second penalty um, for causing all of that. But, oh, my gosh. I mean, de- the Alpines, they are almost as unlucky as Haas this year. Like, they cannot get a break. And I don't think that was on either one of them. Like, I do think that Gasly had to go up the side of um, of Joe. I I don't know where else he could have gone. So he was on the outside. Um, and then, yeah, it just. Yeah, I'm not sure where else I could have gone. I agree. Everybody was, you know, heading into that turn. They were all, they were all together. Um, but can we just talk like Lewis did not have a great start. He dropped back to fourth instantly. Piastri, this guy off the start. Amazing. Like, that was amazing. I mean, both McLarens were doing great, but Piastri just. He I saw that a- opening and he took it. And I, I mean, I'm still impressed by his start in Silverstone. And to see this, like he is not afraid to get in there and just not go for it. Like I just, that was amazing. So for him to be in second, incredible. And then Carlos made up five places pretty quickly which was awesome. Um, I know Checo must have made up some spots also because he, well, where yeah. did he start? He started, he started ninth. And so ninth, ninth. To, to third. So he went up six places. Okay. So, Wait, was he in third then? Oh, you just mean no. overall. Yeah. Overall. By the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely crazy. I just feel for Alfa Romeo, though. Like, I want to know what their team briefing is like today. Because you start fifth and seventh, and they ended up, what, Joe was like 16th or 15th or something? They ended, uh, oh, that's the starting grid. Hang on. Race results. Uh, Botas was 12th, and Joe was 16th. Yeah, 16th. I mean, how sad to start fifth and then you finish 16th. Like, that's awful. And Botas, same kind of same thing. He was trying to stay up in the points or near the points. He just could not get that car over. So, I mean, I hate for there to be another team where it's like, yay, we have great one lap pace and, you know, we can qualify well, but then we can't do anything once we hit the race. So that was kind of disappointing to say the least. Um, and Aston Martin. I don't know what's up with them. It's like, again, like you said, they started out with such a great car and then nothing. It's like, and if they did do the cost cap, like, does it, does that mean they've got nothing that they can do over the summer? Do they've got, like, they, they've got to bring something because the car was showing so well. And it, it kills me because I swear, I feel like, I feel like, okay. I feel like that Fernando has spent much of the, the this year kind of just riding it. Like he gets up there 
and he gets in the top three and he's like, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm just going to chill. Except in Canada when he's like, I can win this. I can win this. And they were having problems. Yeah. That's the only time I heard him go, I can win this. And then he was being held back because they were, they thought they were having problems and then they held him back. And it's like, now it's like, well, okay, I'm a team player and a stroll can be ahead of me or, you know, and I haven't seen any push since. Like, that's it. And they have this bold statement, we're going to be on podium the rest of the year. Well, you just jinxed yourself for the rest of the yeah. year. Yeah, that was pretty darn bold. I just and, don't know that there are car. Sorry, go ahead. I want you to finish your thought. No, it just, I just, then I haven't seen anything. And then with all these other upgrades coming out, like, Aston Martin, you need to do something. You started out strong. And now what? Like yeah. now what you've got I to just, do something, both the car. And I think Fernando. Eh, are you just happy with points? Because I don't think this, you want to say you're just happy with points. If you're just happy with points, you no. know, like, I don't think that he is just happy with points. I think that they started off with a really strong car, but you've had all of these other cars with upgrades, the Mercedes, the, the McLarens that, they just, their upgrades just suited their cars better and they're just outperforming you. I don't think that he's, it's not that he's not trying because I think Fernando wants to win. I just don't think they have, their car cannot compete with the upgrades of these other teams. They just can't. So they've got to figure out, like he's you said, what do we do next? He's about to lose his position. They just updated the standings after the race. He's 139, Hamilton's 133. He's about to lose his third place position. Oh, 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 yikes. Yeah, Hamilton's been on a roll. Um, and Mercedes is now shot way ahead of Aston Martin. They're 223, and Aston Martin's 184, and well, Ferrari's 167. I think, again, with that, you've got George has been performing really well. Like, even if something screws up he's he's been somehow squeaking in there today he ended up six thanks to Charles Leclerc's five second penalty um or yeah his five second penalty for speeding in the pit and he started 18th and he started 18th this is what I'm saying so so you've got both of the Mercedes drivers hauling in the points and you really only have Fernando doing it for Aston Martin Lance has kind of been off the grid well not totally off the grid that Lance got a point and Fernando got two. Yeah. And and honestly, one of their races, they got more points because Aston Martin is the one who petitioned about the grid penalties and then that moved them up. Yeah. That did not make me happy that I am holding a grudge on that, but um, (laughs) 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 because if you heard at the end of that race, Fernando said how far ahead is, is signs. He knew. Fernando, the the strategist, was he knew before they even parked those cars, we have we have a play here. And sure enough. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm saying is like Mercedes is hauling in the points. They're finishing higher and both cars are finishing higher. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I can't imagine Papa Stroll is gonna be happy with them just continuing at this this pace the rest of the the season. So yeah. they'll be back. I know it, they'll be back. It's just Will they be able to catch what like the McLarens have clearly done? It's okay. insane. Well, speaking of speaking of Ferrari, Ugh. like 
What's up with that? Like I don't know. Well, I think we haven't brought any kind of upgrades that's doing anything for our car. Our strategy still sucks. Like it's terrible. And you've got one point four seconds in the what in the heck? That was at the front. Was it the front left tire? Couldn't get it off. Don't know why. Could not get that tire off um, to save their life. But again, like he might as well serve the penalty. And that, that was the second penalty. Like, yeah, he had the penalty on top of that. So if you had just a regular old pit stop and it's two seconds, three seconds, whatever, you, you've you made up like the penalty time, basically. I don't get it. And then Carlos has to do two jobs. He can't just be a driver. He also has to be a strategist, which we've talked about many times. So early on, the team's like telling him to box because he started on softs. He did want to make a move from 11th and he did. He got up, you know, made up the places on the softs and his engineer was like, we need to box. And he's like, no, it's too early, too early. So then on lap 15, <laughs> strategy uh, strategist Carlos is on the thing to his engineer. And he's like, I see Checo's behind me. I know he wants to pass me. Um, you know, I, I need, I know I need to box, but I'm not going to just yet. And his strategy is like, good call. Good call. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, he should get paid extra the strategy salary plus his driver salary for all of that. Um, you mentioned, uh, Charles pit stop terrible. And then on lap 42, Charles, like, um, yeah, I want to get past Carlos. He was two seconds behind him. Like, you're not even that, that close. Like what in the world? And his engineer's like, yeah, we're working on it. We're working on it. And that Charles wasn't happy. What do you mean you're working on it? Like, I want past oh, oh, Charles then speed up. <laughs> right. Do better. Like do something. Then he got the five second penalty for uh, speeding in the pit lane. Ridiculous. So to me, what's so frustrating is it just seems like they're fighting for points in the bottom. And, and I wanted to look it up and I haven't had time, but I feel like they're just down there at nine and 10, seven and eight, like eight and nine. They're, they're currently sixth and seventh in the standings with Carlos seven points ahead. They're trying everything they can to make sure that Charles gets ahead. That's for sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. Just at, from a car standpoint, do better. Like you guys are fighting for the bottom of the top 10. You're Ferraris shouldn't be that way. And, I'm and mind. Lando I, is chomping. What's, what's that? Lando's catching up now. <laughs> oh, I believe it. I believe it. Two podiums in a row. Yeah, he's raking in the points. Like, we're like, yay, we got two points. He got what, 15? I don't even remember what they get for second place. Like, I think 18. Ay, ay, ay. And then you've got Mercedes, your second favorite team. Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting. Sometimes I feel like they're doing worse than they really are because of the way they talk on the radio or even as they, as they talk as a team, like, you know, Oh, our cars look terrible in practice. Ah, we suck. And you're like, dang it. They're going to be down in the bottom. No, they're still up there. But Lewis was asking his engineer, how are the McLarens nine seconds ahead of me already? And I think it was right after every, like they all had pitted. And he's like, how is that even possible? And I don't think they had an answer then, but later on his engineer said, 
you're losing time on the straights, which we know they're not good on the straights. And there were two corners that he said they were losing right. time in. Um, so and at one point he's like, I'm going as fast as I can or something like that. He's like, I'm yeah. pushing as fast as I can. I'm like, oh, that's not good. That's not good. If you're telling him you're going as fast as you can. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But then he still ended up fourth. And we both thought that he was going to catch Checo. I really did. I thought like if yours was one more lap, I thought he's going to pass him. Yeah, that was really some a great battle <clears throat> between them. Like just the defensive driving from Lewis, you know, and to keep him Checo behind him. Um, but it did give Piastri probably a little bit of like relief because if they were fighting with each other, they couldn't, they weren't going to get closer to Piastri. Um, because if, if Checo was able to just pass Lewis, like he was, his engineer was like, pick him off, like reel him in, you know, do he whatever was. you need to do. It was crazy, that was crazy. crazy. But let's talk about Russell some more. You said he started 18th, finished sixth. What in the world? He and just, he's he racking up that point. He's up to 90 points in the driver's standing with Hamilton at 133. So he's three points ahead of Carlos. So he's he's pushing hard. I mean, to have these in in, in think about that he's had I think he's had one or two DNFs. And so he's had some car issues to be that high up. Yeah. Still with car issues. I mean, George is really pushing it hard. He he isn't he's not really getting much on the podium, but he's really pushing hard. He really is. And he passed Carlos on the 66th lap, like four laps before <laughs> before the end. So there's, you know, some of your points right right there. Like, yeah. and then, you know, obviously with uh, Charles' penalty, he got bumped up. That's like a free spot. But, like, come Which on. Which I was, I thought, I really thought, again, that's another one. Given another lap, I think he could have passed Charles because he was – he made up that five seconds. He yeah. he was down to I think he I think he was within a half a second. I it was crazy because both him and Lewis like it's like they had extra turbo speed at the end. Like all of a sudden they were both like really going. Just I don't know. They were so fast. It's like dang, this is the end of the race. But you know what I thought was weird is that um, Russell wanted to pit at the end, like towards the end. Yeah. And then they said they thought maybe that radio was from earlier or something. Commentators did say that. And by the way, he was, he was within a half a second of Charles. Wow. He would have caught him. He would have caught him. He was a half a second because after adding the five second penalty, (laughs) it was uh, 65.8 and then 70.3. Is it the difference? So he was within a half a second. He gotten after that, he got within a half a second in that in those last five laps. That's amazing. He got that up. Amazing. That's gaining is what a second a lap. He was gaining on him. That's that's amazing. that's amazing. If they just had a little bit more, yeah, one more lap. <laughs> that's another one. More. one more lap. I think one more lap because, um, yeah, I think one more lap he would have gotten it in another lap or so. I think Lewis may have been able to take out surgery. And you think about that. That's a Mercedes going against a Red Bull that he might have been able to take it out. I mean, the tires and whatnot, but yeah. one more lap. If he would have, if he had done that one more lap, um, and Carlos would have pushed a little bit harder with that five second penalty, um, there was only 0.7 seconds between Charles and, and Carlos. 
So if Carlos had just pushed it a little bit further, that five-second penalties would have put Charles behind Carlos. It would have knocked him down two places. Yeah. But that makes me wonder, like, if the team was like, you're good, stay where you're at, because they want to. I know. Like, are they not telling Carlos to push it harder? To get like, hey, he's got a penalty, push it a little bit harder because you could be ahead of him? Yeah, probably not. They want, I think they want Charles to have the points. Charles, their number one driver, and that's what they want. So I think they would have done that. It was a difference of two. So then it would have been Carlos would have gotten six points and Charles would have gotten four. So that would have put them instead of being seven points apart, subtract to actually, they would have only been three points. Wow. That's huge. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know what's happening over there, but they've got to figure it out. But McLaren, oh. we've got your McLaren car right behind you. I moved it closer because they're getting closer and closer. <laughs> Pretty soon next week, it's going to be right in the, like, right here. I was like, put it right here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. They, they, I mean, they're, I, I love both of these boys. They are just, yeah. both of them are just I, I love their attitudes. I love I love everything about the two drivers themselves yeah. and yeah. their strategies. And and I almost thought like it's like I, I think I think what I like about Piastri with um with him is he just like I don't know. There was something about him in like when he went off the I don't know he went off the road. It was just like oh whatever. I'm sure he's used to driving off road. It didn't bother him a bit. Like when he got pushed off a little bit. Yeah. And they're like, was it because it was him that got pushed off, right? And yeah, yeah. 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 And he's like, and they asked him. He's like, oh, I you know I just didn't have a lot of room. There wasn't much yeah. room. It wasn't like I'm gonna blame him or whatnot. He goes, he didn't give me a lot of room. He just yeah. kept going. And I'm thinking, oh, this kid, he's driven off road before. He's fine. <laughs> <laughs> He really is like such a cool like cat on the radio. They yeah. noticed it in um, Silverstone when you know he they told him wherever he finished up uh, third, I think for the starting grid, and I noticed that again today. And that was one thing that I noticed. What you just said is he was just like, yeah, he didn't leave me a lot of space. He he doesn't he doesn't seem like he's going to be that driver that's like he pushed me off and you know, he's doing this and that. He's not a tattletale. He's just like, okay. Um, he just overall, every time, you know, he's like, okay, what do you want from me right now? Copy, you know, he's just like, so even keel. And I love that he is not afraid to get in there. Like the beginning we talked about saw his opening ticket, that whole battle with Checo. He was like, um, no, I'm going to fight for this. And he was wheel to wheel. I kind of thought they were going to touch, but, um, but that little battle, I think he's letting these more senior drivers know, like I might be a rookie, but you're not going to get past me that easy. You're going to He's not driving like a rookie. He is not driving like a rookie. You no. would never know if you're new to sport and didn't know if you just turned out, you would never know that that was a rookie and not a rookie battling yeah. it out. That was amazing. Yeah. He, I'm so, so impressed with him. And I'm, I, I'm hoping I said that he was the rookie I wanted to watch. <laughs> I can't remember which one I said, probably Nick, but um, anyways, I, I just think he is looking so good and whatever they did to this car to give these drivers, like the opportunity to show their skills, to, to drive and to be up at the top. Amazing. Um, Piastri, I was a little worried about him because he did have a black and white flag. And so I thought, well, they thought that Norris might have been speeding in the pits, but he, they, that never got called out. 
Um, and then Piastri had the black and white flag. And I thought, how devastating would it be if they both got penalties, like ticky tack penalties and finished out off the podium, but it didn't happen. So, so that was pretty amazing. Um, Norris, I don't feel is as calm. I think he gets a little flustered because when his engineer was like, you know, Checo is six seconds behind. He's like, I'm going as fast as I can. Like, you know, I don't know what you want from me. Um, so yeah, I, I think he gets he does he gets flustered and he um I don't know yeah he's he he does and and then he just even when he wins he's like oh you know they're pretty close in age like Piastri's twenty two Norris is twenty three yeah um yeah yeah he's he seems he wears his heart on his sleeve a little bit more I think that's a nice way to put that for sure and he does and it's one of the things I love about Lando you know I think he's funny he's he, like he just kind of says what he says but also back-to-back -back podiums for him and i think that's the first time that he's ever had back-to-backs i couldn't and i love what he said i love what he said too when they asked him he's like oh so do you think a win soon he goes unless something happens to max and he just suddenly yeah has a major issue or whatnot no yeah <laughs> like no there's not unless something happens to the red bull something catastrophic no there's not gonna be a win but we're doing yeah. great like more podiums baby <laughs> <laughs> really was on that it's like no that's not gonna happen <laughs> yeah no and i feel like fernando was saying the same thing like everybody knows it's max's world and we're just living in it um but like heading on to red bull i think what i had jotted down was like max is max like i don't think there's a whole lot to talk about like he's a great driver he's doing awesome with the car he's always many seconds ahead but checo oh my goodness so checo is riding this i feel like this bubble right like he's crashing out in FP1, qualifies in ninth in the top 10. And once again, he's just picking off the drivers from like the middle of the pack. He, he's, but he's one error away from losing it all. He's one yeah. mishap away. Like he, he just, if he doesn't have the perfect race, he's just not there. And that's, that's not good. Like he just, good point he, he can't like he just like he has one little thing and it just throws him right yeah. and 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 that's i mean he's, he's a good comeback kid i mean he came back and look what he did and he can fight for it but if he didn't even get he got the he got the the p you know q3 but he qualified p9 like why yeah. like why couldn't you why couldn't you do what you did today yesterday and qualify higher and then you wouldn't have to fight so hard because we see yeah. him fight so hard if he qualified higher he wouldn't have to fight so hard right yeah. same with russell we've yeah. seen him do these amazing comebacks and and, and progress so far up and, and overtake and overtake and overtake if you had qualified higher you would have finished higher most yeah. likely they make it so much harder on themselves and I think like I relate to like, you know, watching golf and stuff like where, you, you know, you can come back, but you have to be like birdie birdie, you know, to get back up to the front. You're just putting so much pressure on yourself. Like consistency is key. Like, you know, I mean, I think what Red Bull also has going for them, the car, obviously, but they also have great strategists that, you know, they time these pit stops perfectly. They, they know what they need to do. They're encouraging to the drivers, like, you know, go, go get them, reel them in. And, you know, so we'll have to see what happens next week with Checo. I think you make a very, very good point that 
he's just usually like one thing away from kind of messing it up. It seems to shake his confidence. So I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he, when he does really good, he does really good. Yeah. When he falters, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I mean, it's with a lot, but it just, unfortunately with him, he's, it, I worry like if he didn't have the Red Bull car, yeah. you, he wouldn't be as dominant as he is. No, definitely not. I, and I that's the argument you talk about with, with like Max. I think Max, could Max win 12 times in a row in another car? No. Could he win a lot in another car? Yes. He's a yeah. really good driver. Could he win this many times in Alphatari? No. No. It's not that good of a car. No. Could he win still in the Alphatari? I, I think Max could find a way to still possibly win in that car. And maybe even in the Williams. Maybe. Because he's a good good driver. The, the, the Red Bull does... It's the car because that's a, that's the beauty of F one. It's the car. It's the strategy. It is the driver. It's all of it combined. Yeah, um, exactly. One thing before we get into beyond the grid because I know we're we're already at an hour and we've had a lot to talk about. Yeah. One of the things I noticed more before any other race or more in this race at the very end shot of the race, the camera angle came down and shot across Max's car at the tires. Did you see how tore up those tires were? Yeah. I was just blown away because he kept talking about the wobbling or the yeah. wobbling and whatnot. I was like, oh, I can see because those used to be slick. They're not slick anymore. No. They were chewed up, just yeah. destroyed. I was like, yeah. oh, I would they were definitely that. destroyed. Part of me wonders, because he, he did mention the marbles, and the marbles is like the little tire pieces that are coming off of other cars. And he was saying, I think at the beginning of, like after they come around the final turn, he was picking up stuff there. And he said, it takes a whole lap to kind of shake them off. So I was curious how much of it was his tire being degraded, or did he pick Picking up some up. of those marbles at the end? And then when he parked, it was still, still there. And it was so. like, like melding into his tires because of the yeah. heat. Yeah. It was just it's like, crazy. that was just interesting. So if anybody's watching, if you didn't notice, go, uh, you just cut it out, go back, watch the recording and look at the end. Cause it is fascinating to just see the effects of the heat and the wear on these tires that you don't see in your own, your day to day tires and just see his tires then their cars don't suffer tire degradation like any other car out there. And it's just, oh, it was just, they were just shot, completely yeah. shot. It was, it, it was, was crazy. Nuts. I also am not sure, like, and I, we need to touch on this very quickly, but their side pods. So they had new side pods. They brought in new um, brake ducts. I don't know that the side pods necessarily gave them it that much of an advantage this this weekend let's back to a big lead though because remember last week it was only it was less than a 10 second lead and this week mm -hmm. he was a 33 second lead oh i didn't realize how far ahead he was okay so i take it back never mind maybe the side pot adrian newey is working in his lab and like yeah he knows what he's doing okay take yeah. it back totally take it back yeah. 30 30 i just looked at the end 33 second lead for the end so i think i think maybe uh it, it helped them out with something yeah okay i take that back so this was 12 victories in a row for red bull so that they set another f1 record no team has ever done done that before so again red bull racking up the records and max is what before that was McLaren at 11, right? I think so. Yeah, because I yeah. think. Yeah, they said it broke McLaren's record. It. Yeah, they tied it last in Silverstone. So absolutely nuts. And Max has what? Yeah, won every race since Miami. So 
I mean, insane. Okay, beyond the grid, Kevin Magnuson became a dad for the second time. He's a girl dad. I love it. (laughs) His little kids are so cute, like total toeheads, at least the the older daughter. Um, Total little toehead, like adorable. And it's awesome that it worked out. They probably, maybe they planned it um, for the off week. So (laughs) before he had to go back to work and then two weeks on, and then he'll be off for the summer break, which is kind of nice. Episode seven of F1 Drivers Living My Life. They all went to Wimbledon. I I had started that last week before the final um, match. And then by the end of, yeah, after the final matches last week, and I think they all had been there. George was in the Royal Box, Joe, Oscar, everybody went to Wimbledon. Um, this I love because I do think special Olympics is amazing, but Joe, uh, was named a special Olympics global ambassador and he'll be working to create a more inclusive world. And, um, we knew that he was in Germany, uh, at the special Olympics games a couple weeks ago. And I'm just, I just love that about him. I love Joe. I think he's awesome. I'm so bummed for him today. Um, but I love that he's getting, he's getting in there and doing it. Um, and Gotifi, if you're new, you may not know who Nicholas Latifi is. They call him Gotifi because he was instrumental in Max winning his first, his first world championship. He lost his seat last year with Williams. Um, they put in Logan Sargent, but he announced after he's basically been off social media for a year, he's going back and getting his MBA. So good for him. Yeah, he's moving forward. Okay, we have one more race before summer break. I don't know what we're going to do for a whole entire month. Um, <laughs> like, spotlight some teams. We can we talk about. We will. Stuff. We're going to reflect too. I really want to reflect on the season. Like I said, I want to look back and see who, what teams we, we were excited to watch, you know, from practice and then the very first race, which rookies and how are they doing now? Um, but next week we have spa. So the Belgian Grand Prix. Um, it's a classic F1 track, 44 laps. So it's a longer track. I think it's the longest circuit, um, on the calendar. So, so only 44, like when they qualify, they need to come out even sooner. <laughs> Claire, you send that email out <laughs> tomorrow, <laughs> just reminding them. Um, there's I'm two DRS. Gaming them on social media. WTF. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's two DRS zones. Um, it is one of just seven circuits that was part of the maiden, um, formula one championship. So it's been around for a long time. The drivers do seem to like the track cause it's definitely a mix of straights. There's some challenging corners. They can push their cars. Um, because the circuit is so big and they do tend to, to end up with a lot of weather there, it can be totally dry on one part of the track and raining on the other side. <laughs> That's so cool. So that could be interesting. Um, the Eau Rouge, it could definitely is probably one of the most famous sequences um, out there. People probably like the, you know, Beckett's and, and stuff like that in Silverstone. You hear Eau Rouge and usually people know what that is. Um, they kind of go left and right and then they go up a hill. But it's also been very dangerous. So unfortunately, a lot of drivers have lost their lives there, um, especially when it is wet. Um, a month or so ago, we talked about the young man um, who was you know, trying to work his way through 
uh, get up into Formula One who lost his life there. Um, a lot of drivers are asking for changes or calling for changes uh, to that part of the track. So it it's a very exciting track, but it can also be very dangerous. So I don't know what the weather looks like for next weekend, but hopefully it's okay. And hopefully everybody comes through. Um, all right. But one more race and then we're on to summer break. One more race. Yeah. Break goal. Oh, yeah. you know, one thing before we go that I thought was interesting that the commentators were talking about on this race was um, there was a, the back and forth about was this track in Hungary built, the first track built specifically for F1. Hmm. Did you hear them talking about that? One of the pre-shows. Yeah. It was like, was it, was this, and then um, the the commentator, is it Will, is it his name? Who's on paternity leave right now? Well, but he came here. Yeah, he, he, he messages them oh. during the broadcast and is like, no, 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 there was this other one and he was giving them all the deets of one that was actually done and but Hungary kind of beat them out or something like that. So yeah, there was a whole bunch of stuff about the trivia of if Hungary was the first track built specifically for F1. Oh, so that's so funny. I love Will Buxton. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's obviously watching and he's like, but I'll be back next week. Oh, <laughs> good. Yay. I know they've had different people filling in for him, but I just, I love him and Laura together, especially. I love Sam Collins. Don't get me wrong. He's awesome. Um, but they've had some other people kind of filling in and I just, yeah. Will has that kind of a knowledge. Like I can't yeah, wait for him to come back. It was awesome. Anyway, Yay. I forgot about that earlier. Anyway, okay. So next week, and then we'll do some, lots of education and stuff over the summer. We need to, because I, I definitely want to reflect too on what I've learned in this time period. Cause now I feel yeah. like a, a, you know, I've been around the bush now. So <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely been a roller coaster. I love that. Yeah. Let's, yeah. I want you to reflect. That sounds super cool. All Absolutely. right. All right. Awesome. Thanks for the ride, everyone. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind-the-scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash she loves the grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Thank you.